0: The Bible is a book full of unsolved mysteries. Are you looking to finally make sense of it all? Join our weekly conversation and think about the Bible like you never have before. Listen, watch, and interact with us at ChristianQuestions.com. You're listening to Christian Questions. Here's Rick and Jonathan.
1: Sonia Parker once said, You won't change until changing becomes one of your priorities instead of one of your options. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective.
2: I'm Jonathan. This podcast centers on godly principles, family values, and honest dialogue in a politically free zone.
1: Folks, we thank you for joining us today. This is a contact-friendly format, and we welcome your thoughts by way of email or messaging us at christianquestions.com or Facebook and our website chat board. So, Jonathan,
2: what's the topic for today? Well, Rick, our question is, what was Jesus' top priority? And our theme text is found in Luke chapter 4, verses 42 and 43. When day came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place, and the crowds were searching for him and came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also for I was sent for this purpose ah so could Jesus top
1: priority be revealed in the theme scripture I must preach the kingdom of God I was sent for this purpose hmm let's think let's look at some other things love one another as I have loved you the kingdom of God is at hand bless are those who uh, bless those who persecute you. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. These are just a few of the profound teachings of Jesus. But how do we determine which was the most important? Many Christians have differences regarding priorities as we follow Christ. We can say, or can we say, that loving each other takes priority over blessing those who persecute us? Can we say that self-denial takes precedence over recognizing the kingdom? How did Jesus see and apply all of these things? Did he focus on one thing more than others? If he did, which one? Should we do the same? So many questions. So coming up in today's podcast, think about this, folks. When is the last time you turned off the noise, the rush, and the emergencies in your head and got quiet enough to ask the simple question, what is my most important thing in my life? This can be a scary question because we usually don't have a crystal clear answer for it. Today, in segments two and three, we're going to look at some of the things we typically think were Jesus' most important things. Turns out, well, maybe they weren't. How about this? Did you ever wonder what you could accomplish if you really knew and embraced your core mission? Jesus knew and embraced his, and our fourth and fifth segments not only reveal it, they show us as Christians, how to grab hold of what our most important thing should be.
2: We do believe that Jesus did have one top priority, and we also believe that his most important thing is also our most important thing. Okay,
1: most important thing. What is it? What was Jesus' most important thing? And is it our most important thing? And we're gonna unfold all of this. But let's get started with a soundbite from uh, Brendan.com. Uh, Prioritize like a genius. Whenever it says to do something like a genius, it gets my attention I'm like, well, that could be cool. So this is good. He gives us a lot of really clear cut uh, insight into prioritizing. So we're gonna look at what the, what the issues are here as he develops this.
3: Hey guys, it's Brendan. Let's talk about how you prioritize things in your life. How you prioritize your tasks, your activities, your responsibilities, your obligations, your days. Because, you know, it, it's kind of difficult these days to prioritize anything because there's so many people coming at you from left and right with their notices, their messages, their texts, their voice messages, their emails, begging for your time, for your attention, for your energy. And most people, I hope this is not you just give that away so freely. You give all of your attention to everybody else and to all the world's false emergencies and to all the world's needs and all the messages and the texts and the timelines and all of a sudden your day is gone and you had no sense of, of, of peace or progress or vitality. I hope that's not you.
1: So that gives us a really good place to start. He's saying lots of noise, you got to focus
2: yourself. There's so many distractions, Rick.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and and it really is hard to to get through all of that and to find the most important things. So let's take a look at uh, trying to figure out what was Jesus' absolute positive most important top priority. So let's start with prophecy. Was Jesus' top priority his mission? His mission was it revealed in the Old Testament? And the answer is mm, perhaps it was. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 11 verses 1 through 5 and Jonathan Interruption has only just begun with these verses.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord.
1: So, so Jesus was to be given God's influence to clearly guide him.
2: And uh, so is this, Rick, uh, was this following his top priority?
1: Okay, so was God's, following God's guidance and influence Jesus' top priority? It was really important. Yes, it was. It was. Let's read a little further. Verse 3. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Okay, let's pause there. Jesus was to have the very joy of his life come from the reverence of God.
2: And was that... Jesus' top
1: priority, That was really important. But was it the top priority? Hmm. We'll
2: see. Let's read a little further. And he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. So this prophecy continues
1: and says Jesus would judge based on an unbiased, godly righteousness.
2: So Rick, was judgment his top priority?
1: Well, you know, judgment is important, but we'll have to see if that fits in as his top priority. Let's go a little further. Isaiah chapter 11, the rest of verse 4 and verse 5.
2: And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt around his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. So uh, would, would Jesus, Jesus would, I'm sorry,
1: Jesus would execute judgment with the same godly righteousness and
2: faith that his judging would, his, his, his thought judging would be based on. So is, is that giving us a clue that it's righteousness and his faith is his top priority, Rick? You keep asking me that question. Well, you said there is one, and I'm going to try to find it.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, see, these are all really, 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 really important things. And actually, we're going to come back to these verses in Isaiah chapter 11, I'll continue these verses at the conclusion of the podcast, because they're going to round out the story to figuring out Jesus' top priority and where it leads. So we're going to come back to these. And no, I'm not answering your question. Not yet. <laughs> okay. yeah, sure, anytime. <laughs> okay, so could we say that Jesus' top priority pertained to life for all? That would be a big thing. Life is a big thing. The Jews saw life through the law. Uh, Luke chapter 10, 25 to 28, gives us a, an expression of that through the eyes and words of Jesus.
2: And a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live.
1: So Jesus sums up the way to live for this Jewish lawyer, and he says the way to live was to follow and fulfill the Jewish law. So life really is everything, because Jesus is saying, yes, do this and you will live. Excellent. Okay, and, and you know the interesting thing is he says it again to somebody else. So this is going to start to focus us in on some things that are pretty interesting. Matthew twenty two thirty five 35 to 40.
2: One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets.
1: So now the question which is the greatest commandment and Jesus goes back to the same things the same parts of the 10 commandments. So our you know Jesus is summing up the way to life according to the law. So, so
2: the, this really Rick has to be his top priority. I uh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? No. But see understand this is really important and this is part of putting the puzzle of Jesus' top priority together. I think it's, it might be for some of us a little bit more hidden than we'd like it to be, but once we uncover it, it makes so much sense. So he mentioned the law twice, and he's talking to a Jewish audience because it's important for them to see and understand the law. So, <coughs> excuse me, it seems odd that, if the, it, it, that it's this hard to figure out top priorities. It is difficult because the world is complicated.
2: Life for all is a great top priority, but it really doesn't come from keeping the law. What needs to be added?
0: We're excited to be hearing from our growing listening audience at ChristianQuestions.com through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also chat with us now during the live broadcast. You know what would be really awesome? If you can leave us a review when you subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and others. It helps us reach even more people. Thank you for subscribing and reviewing. Now, let's take the next steps in our comprehensive conversation.
1: You know, any attempts to truly establish our highest priority, we need to step back to see the bigger picture. Let's say you're driving to a critical meeting and you get a flat tire. What's your highest priority? It's the meeting. What's the most pressing need? Change the tire and get back on the road. So, Jonathan, that's an important uh, piece of, of practical advice in trying to figure out and understand looking at top priority.
2: We can easily. That's a great life lesson, you know. Obviously, getting to that priority meeting, that critical meeting, is the goal. But uh, to do that, you have to do certain things to make that happen. Right. Right. And And, changing a flat tire. I mean, that's crucial, and you need to do it fast. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and you do, but see, that's not the top priority. The top priority is still the meeting. It's just a pressing need. So the top priority can be in place.
2: Become accomplished. That's good.
1: So that helps us to understand what we're looking for when we look for Jesus' top priority.
2: And you know, Rick, we already talked about Jesus' top priority in the first segment of our podcast.
1: Yeah, we did, but we didn't tell anybody, did we? (laughs) No, we didn't. Okay, so let's go to uh, our priority Uh, Just a basic priority lesson, and then, Jonathan, after that, we're just going to get some some quick comments in from Facebook, because we asked this question
2: on on Facebook. It is about life, but Jesus elevates the approach. And, Rick, we're going to combine two accounts here, uh, Matthew and Mark.
1: Okay, so we're going to talk about the rich young ruler uh, in in a moment, but Trish has got some comments for us uh, from Facebook, is that right? Yes, I do. Go ahead.
4: Okay. Tom from Facebook says, The most important thing Jesus did was to commit and submit to the Father's will, as shown by the baptism in Jordan. Maria says, sacrificing himself for the life of his people. And Aruna makes this comment, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book as it is written of me to do your will. That's a quote from a scripture.
1: Okay, so we got, thanks Trish, we got three different perspectives on top priority, all really, really, really good, okay? Now, are any of those Jesus' actual top priority? Let's wait and see, okay? Let's get to the to the story of this rich young ruler, and again, reading from both Matthew 10, 17 through 22, and Mark, uh, I'm sorry, that was Mark 10, 17 through 22, and Matthew nineteen seventeen through 22. So, Jonathan, let's get started with laying out the story.
2: As he was setting out on a journey, a man, Luke adds that he was a ruler, ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments.
1: So it's interesting. Jesus' immediate response here again is all going back to the law. It's okay. Keep the law. Those he ministered to were not yet walking in his footsteps. Okay? so And until his sacrifice was complete, the only way to life was... The law. Yeah, that was all. So Jesus was showing them, this is the only way available to you at this moment. But this young man
2: understands there's more to the picture. And let's go on with the verses. Then he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept. What am I still lacking?
1: You know, and I and I love this account, because this young man, you can see, he's got sincerity, and he has, what he's telling Jesus is, I have been taught these things from my youth up, and I have been following these things from my youth up, but he also knows that he's not there. And so he's saying, okay, there's got to be more, and you're here, so you're the logical person to ask, what else is there? So... He knows the young man knows his, his, his efforts to keep the law were not good enough. And so Jesus has a profound response to him.
2: Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack go and sell all you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving. For he was one who owned much property.
1: So Jesus lays it out. And he, again, remember now, this is the third time he's focusing on keep the law, keep the law, keep the law, keep the law. And now he adds, keep the law, give up everything and come follow me. So he adds self-denial to this being godly. And so Jesus plainly puts out uh, this self-denial aspect out as as necessary for life in this present world. But for this young guy, Jonathan, it was too much. It was. It's just too much. So you think, okay, now you're looking at self-denial. Maybe we're looking at that's the most important thing because keeping the law was good, but it didn't get them there.
2: It wasn't enough. Okay, Right,
1: right. But he says... You know, uh, one thing you lack sell everything, you'll have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. So, self denial and following Jesus. Do we say, okay, now we're getting the most important thing? Well, are could we? Be. <laughs> it could be. See, you're catching on.
2: <laughs> okay, Paul Allen, good quote here Facing your own mortality forces you to reevaluate your priorities.
1: You know, and, and you think about that with this young man. I just thought the quote fit really well. He's facing the fact that he knows he's not inheriting eternal life, even though he's trying to be a, a, a good man. And so Jesus says, well, here, do this. And it was just too much. So Jesus' top priority, we're looking at Jesus' life and, and looking at things. And frankly, a lot of the input that we received both from Facebook and from our uh, Christian Questions contributors, we're looking at a lot of the things they suggested as well. Look, look at this as one of the, as one of the most important things or the most important thing. You know, life, self-denial. So let's, let's, let's pause for a moment. Let's go to brendan.com again. And he said, okay, remember, you've got the issue of too much noise in life, too many distractions, too many things. you got to get your, 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 your prioritization of your life in order. And, folks, we do. We really, really do. If you want to be successful in anything, you have to have your priorities right. And if you want to be a successful Christian, you really need to know what the tip-top priority is and then bend everything else to follow it. So practical aspects of getting our priorities straight from brendan.com.
3: Now the first idea I have for you is stop prioritizing easy. Easy. Stop prioritizing easy. A lot of people, when they look at their to-do list of the day, they just start working towards the easy things, knocking off the easy things. They think, that's going to get me some momentum. It'll get me into the day. I'll feel like I'm succeeding. And the reality is, it's making them less likely to actually do the things that count. And how do you know this? How do you know if you're guilty of that? You know it if your day feels like there's a lot of busy work, but there's an absence of your life's work.
1: Now, I like that. If your day is filled with busy work, but there's an absence of your life's work, sure, you were busy, but were you busy fulfilling your top Christian priority? And Jonathan, it really makes you stop and think, like, wait a minute,
2: what am I supposed to be doing? You're right, Rick, but... We have lives, we've got families, we need to provide. We, we have to do the laundry. Rick, there's life besides our mission, our top priority. Yeah, yeah. So how do we make it all work?
1: <laughs> well, see, and, and that's part of the challenge. But to be able to make it all work, you have to understand what fits where. What's the biggest, most important thing? And you're right. Life does get in the way. Or does it? See, it's it really, I think a lot of it really comes down to how do I look at my life? And when we look at the busy things that have to be done, how am I doing them? Am I doing them, uh, in, um, in the absence of the more important things? Or am I doing them in the presence of and to help me get into the most important things? And are some of those less important things really important, like the flat tire? You know, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like you said you got to do laundry if you, you know, for me, you know, I, I work in an office and if I don't have a clean shirt to wear, it just doesn't <laughs> go over well. Okay. <laughs> so you have to have those, pri- those things in order, but is the clean shirt my top priority? No, but it is a pressing, no, no pun intended there. Oh, it's a pressing need. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let's let's focus a little bit more on self-denial. And is this the top priority? Jesus made it plain to all what was required if we're to become Christians. Luke 9, 23 and 24. He started it, you know, he showed us with the rich young ruler, but he really expands it
2: here. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it.
1: Okay, so Jesus is telling us to take up your cross daily and follow him. And and Jonathan, in those days, that was not a pretty picture.
2: They knew what that picture looked like, Rick. That was crucifixion. Yeah, That was death.
1: Yeah, see, to us, it's a simple symbol. But to them... It was a graphic image of the torture and humiliation of a painful, painful death. So when Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me, he is asking them to raise their game to a whole different kind of level. You know, and, and, you know he's telling them to do this, but he didn't only tell us about self-denial. Denial. He showed us how to do self-denial. Luke 22, 41 and 42.
2: And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. That is self-denial. Jesus
1: did not want to be crucified as a blasphemer of God. Anything but that. But yet, he said, if that's the way it has to be, Then it's your will not mine that is self-denial you know and the rest of the New Testament verifies the absolute necessity of self-denial so we're developing a theme here Jonathan it's pretty strong at this point this idea of self-denial isn't it
2: oh it is it's definitely strong so uh, this could be one of Jesus's top priorities couldn't it Romans 8 13 what does it say for if you are living according to the flesh you must die But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Okay, again,
1: it's about self-denial. Jesus wasn't the only one to say it. We were given this other instruction. And so, you know, for self-denial to work, we need to put things in perspective, okay, for us as Christians. So with each segment now, we're going to have a practical priority point. And this is about figuring out our top, top, top priority. What's the practical priority point in relation to self-denial here.
2: Our most important priority never changes, but managing our most pressing needs is in constant flux. Okay. The, the most important thing
1: will never change.
2: Wait a minute, Rick. We haven't even talked about what the most important (laughs) thing is yet. You didn't notice that, huh? How can you say that? (laughs) Well, Well, we could say it, but we just have to prove it.
1: Okay? And we're getting there. So here's the thing. You know, with this most important thing, you know, it's through handling these things, these pressing needs that our top priority stays in focus. But you're right. What is the top priority? So.
2: So, is it self-denial? Come on, where are we going here? Is it self-denial? Is <laughs> no, that it?
1: no, no, it's not. It's not. Self-denial oh. certainly was a major and necessary commitment in the accomplishing of, of of Jesus' highest priority, but I don't believe that it was the highest priority. So you say, okay, where mm. do you go from here? How can it there be something bigger than self-denial? Well, let's just let's just let's just wait and see here. Just because self-denial isn't the top priority doesn't make it any easier. We still have to focus hard and give our
2: all. Self-denial is big, but there is more. Does our top priority come down to our treatment of others?
0: We have a simple yet powerful request for you can you think of someone who'd enjoy listening to this podcast send them a text message right now tell them to check out our Christian questions podcast that's one of the great ways to spread the word thank you for sharing our weekly conversation with every single person you know well who you want to tell is still up to you thanks for texting and listening let's go back to Rick and Jonathan as we take a closer look at our topic
1: When we think of Jesus, we cannot help but think of selfless love. The way he lived and the way he died shows us an unwavering commitment to humanity. This is arguably the highest and most noble cause ever accomplished in the entire history of humankind. But is it Jesus' mission and top priority, this selfless love? So now we're going from self-denial... We're taking another step, Jonathan. We're looking at selfless love. What's the priority
2: lesson for this segment? It is about life and also about self-denial, and that is manifested through love. Okay, so it's
1: all connected. So as we look to get to the top, top priority, we got to look at the connections along the way that will bring us there. Let's go to John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, because... It's interesting, we talk about Jesus' love for us and, you know, his dying on the cross, but listen to the perspective of love in this particular verse.
2: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him.
1: So it's interesting, God's love was for his beloved human creation. He did not create us in vain. He did create us for a purpose. The purpose of a family that would, could, would and could function on different planes of existence. And this verse, Jonathan, is really about God's love. It says, God so loved the world.
2: He desires all to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He has such love for his creation.
1: So now we may be developing this idea of top, top priority. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Trish is back, Jonathan. She's got more Facebook comments. Trish?
4: Yes, I do. Uh, We have Alexandra on facebook she says that a top priority is this scripture love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and to love your neighbor as yourself and aruna says jesus opened the narrow way to life so this scripture i am the way the truth and the life and man, uh, no man can come unto me except the father by i'm sorry but by the father and then Ruth says he gave us the new commandment of love and set an example of all the fruits and virtues for us to follow.
1: Okay, thanks, Trish. So we've got we've got these several pieces that are added. And again, some are some of the things that we've talked about. Love was right in there, you know, the commandments and, and living up to those things. And you know, can we look at any of those things and say, well, no, those aren't that aren't so important?
2: They're no. all important. They Nick.
1: they are. You know, and, and that's the thing about this conversation, Jonathan, is what we're doing, folks, is we're not minimizing anything that we're talking about. But what we're trying to do is put everything in a priority so we can really see what the tip top of the mountain is because once we see from there, then everything else really makes ever more sense. So we're now focusing on the idea of love, the selfless love. We see that this kind of love started with God first. And the next text we're going to look at gives us a huge insight into Jesus' most important thing, his ultimate mission. This is from Romans 5, verses 6 through 8.
2: For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for for us,
1: So, there you have this, this incredible love that Jesus, while we were yet sinners, Jesus dies for us and says God demonstrates his own love towards us. So, how is it that it is Jesus who died to show God's love? See, Jesus was overwhelmingly loyal to God's will, and therefore, what the Father loves unconditionally— jesus loves unconditionally you can't separate the two what a team yeah and you know and it gives us a sense of the strength and power of unconditional love you say okay so is this the most important thing the highest priority period end of statement interestingly love doesn't stop with god and jesus jesus passes this legacy on to us and that's in john chapter 15 verses 12 to 14
2: This is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, Rick, in John 15, these are some of the last words that Jesus told the disciples as they were going towards the Garden of Gethsemane for him to, to be taken and crucified. Yeah. So obviously, these are the last words he's instilling. This has got to be it. <laughs> Jonathan has decided this has got to be
1: it. So does this translate into our top priority? Does this translate into our mission? You know, be like Jesus in our love for each other. And that is a compelling, compelling, compelling circumstance. These were some of the most profound and powerful words that jesus spoke to his disciples to tell us to love each other the way he loves us and it's to say greater love has no man than this that um, that someone lays down his life for his friends and incidentally you are my friends and i'm going to show you that tomorrow Mm. you're going to see that because i will lay down my life for you so you look at this and say this has got to be the thing well maybe maybe okay okay uh, Mahatma Gandhi, quick little quote here. Three words.
2: Action expresses priorities. So,
1: folks, are we living a life of selfless love? Can other people in your everyday life understand that that's part of what drives you? Do you look like, do you act like the person who has love for not only his brethren, but for, for everyone else? Or do people not see that in you? Those are hard questions. Ooh, they are. Yeah. And I, and I confess that there are times I'm, I'm where, looking in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. I confess <laughs> times that people won't see it in me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not that I want it to be that way, but sometimes we just go down the wrong path and we get you know, frustrated with the moment or whatever it is. Let's go back to prioritizing again from Brendan.com. Uh, you know, he was talking about stop prioritizing easy. First of all, and that was a really, really important. So now you've got to put something else in the place of easy. So let's listen to his take on this.
3: The opposite of stop prioritizing easy is to prioritize progress. Things that actually move the needle of your life forward. Things that actually contribute in ways that you find meaningful and significant and fulfilling. And you know you deserve that, but sometimes you get caught up, right? Maybe you've just been caught up in everybody else's, you know, hot mess and your life thus became a hot mess. It's not because you are, it's that you were just doing the easy things to please people. Because, you know, that's easy. Oh, I'm gonna please some people today. But what we need you to do is say, what would significantly move me toward my dreams today?
1: Okay. And and you know, and, and that's in a business environment and all that, we understand that. But what would significantly move me? toward my faithfulness today? What would significantly move me toward fuller discipleship today? Those are the questions we have to ask ourselves. Am I living those things? So, so Jonathan, it's interesting. You expressed this, this, this love that Jesus tells us in John 15, love mm-hmm. one another, and say that's got to be it. That is such a high, high level. I submit to you that there's something higher still. That Jesus didn't mention at that point, he actually mentioned much earlier, but it's something that we need to focus on. So alongside of the love one another command, Jesus also shows us how to love those who stand against us. What better way than to die for their sins? And folks, as Jonathan goes through this next scripture, I want you to think about and something that we never talk about for a moment. We don't ever talk about politics. Okay that's not that's not our forte that's not our thing but think about the divide that people are experiencing as a result of politics and all of those things and then think about the words of Jesus here Matthew 5:43 to 45
2: You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbors and hate your enemy but I say to you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous.
1: So Jonathan, in the, and again, it's not about politics, but it's a really vivid example for many of us because we can see the, the dissension and the, angst and the frustration at different sides deciding what the other side is thinking because you figure that you already know and and jesus is saying in the middle of all of that kind of thing he's saying i say to you love your enemies pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the sons of your father who's in heaven because god does give the blessing of life to everybody Pray for those who persecute you. That is a powerful thing. And it's so much easier, I think, to love those who love you back, to love those who you have many things in common with. You may have a few disagreements, but you have most in common. It's much easier than loving someone who despises you, who wants to trip you up, who's going to laugh when you fall, who wants to put ridicule of your life as something that everybody can look at and enjoy. How do you love them? Isn't that, I mean, that's a tall order.
2: That's hard. It's hard, but that's what Jesus, he died for the scribes and Pharisees that persecuted him day after day.
1: So for us, loving our enemies, we are not necessarily going to get to die for our enemies, okay? So loving our enemies can be expressed in the way we live as a result of their disdain for us. And how do we do that? Romans 12, 19 to 21.
2: Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so the principle here of
1: high priority is in the world in which we live. We live in a world that contradicts us and our Christianity, and in many cases it's more and more and more as time goes on. How do we handle that contradiction? And I think one of our highest highest priorities is to be able to handle that contradiction with grace, with godliness, with righteousness, and with mercy. And I will tell you, that is much easier said then it is done. We can easily get off track with this. You know, and Jonathan, I just want to take a sidetrack, you know, personal experiences. You know, in my own life, I have spent, and you know this, I have spent a lot of time trying to figure out um, what's most important for me. And you, sure. had, you had mentioned, well, there's life that needs to be lived. You know, and you mentioned just a couple of things, but before we started the podcast, you had this like, I mean, you were, I just couldn't turn you off.
2: I had this huge list. Yeah. Go, go through,
1: go through some of that list at this point.
2: Well, uh, how about we need personal Bible study to stay in tune with yep. God? How about our prayer life? If we leave that out of the loop, we're, we're in trouble going to church or a group Bible study. I mean, that's important. How about going out and looking at God's creation and to be in awe of his amazing power. I mean, those are just a couple. But what about the other things, the busy things, the the, the other parts of life? Oh, oh well, um, basically <laughs> cooking, cleaning, uh, clean up your yard, do laundry, uh, all the things that have to be done because it falls apart if it's not. Okay. So
1: we have, if you own a home, you got to maintain that home.
2: That's right. You know,
1: you you have to, we have to work, we have to earn money, we have to pay our bills, we have to do all of those things. And so those are all the important pieces of life. Those are all like the flat tire that needs attention. Exactly. Okay? And we do need to focus on those things. And it's really important. But you know, in our love for God, and in our love for His way and His will— we have to find a way to make those things really important and and a quote that i have said forever and you started out i think w- with this or maybe it was when we were talking earlier you know what is the most important or do the most important thing at any given moment and i can't tell you how many times i have to ask myself what's the most important thing right here right now i may have a you know a thousand things on my mind and but my granddaughter wants to grab me by the finger and, and bring me to go play with her 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 toys. Well, is it more important for me to manage those things that are in my mind or to give my full undivided attention to that little three and a half year old who says, Papa, come and play when I'm supposed to be watching her, okay? <laughs> you know? <laughs> see, but see Jonathan, I mean you say, well of course that's you know, but sometimes the one. but we have so many things on our minds it's easy to override it. It's easy to say, not now, just just hold on. But sometimes we have to just back off from that. And those things end up being the way to get to your top priority. Because God wants us to have balance in our lives, to be well-rounded human beings. So exercise and eating well and all of those things are part of it, you know? We have to put this all in order. So we're talking about love, love for God, love for Jesus, love for the the brotherhood, love for our enemies. And again, it's love for the the will and way of God as well, to put all of this in order. So what's our practical priority point for for this particular segment?
2: The ability to recognize our most pressing wants is key, and are they in line with our highest priority? Okay, we still haven't
1: said what the highest priority is, okay? Uh, You know, are our most pressing wants in line with our highest priority? Do these wants warrant a lot of attention or a little attention? Can they actually be needs? And sometimes, yes, wants can be needs. Other times, wants can be just a mere distraction. So we have to be careful with all those kinds of things.
2: So, Rick, was love...
1: Jesus' highest priority. And I got to tell you that with the input that we received from, from, from contributors and on Facebook, this was the one that was most often said, this is it. And I don't think it is. I, just, I, just, I think that there's... So you're saying no. Yeah, okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's right, that's right. I'm saying no. You know, but it sure was a central element in all that he did. Do not for a second minimize... The power and strength and necessity of all of that. And you're thinking, where do you go from here? Okay, Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know what? Th- this can be a-, a bit surprising. Love in the number one spot seems like a no-brainer. So let's keep on looking.
2: Where else could we possibly go with this? How much higher can a priority be than selfless love?
0: There's a lot of talk program topics out there. If you're burnt out on Capitol Hill and Trump, don't worry. We never go there. But if you're looking for unique ways to look at the Bible, we'll make you think about how today's world ties into Scripture like you've never thought about before. Thanks for listening, and get ready for us to take a deeper dive right now.
1: All right, let's be sure to understand the process here. Just because we're saying that sacrifice and love are not the highest priority does not mean that they are not a part of the highest priority what we're driving at what we're driving at is the biggest picture possible if we see that picture we see Jesus mission we see his highest priority and i think jonathan that's the my point for for i have to confess you know in in putting this Idea. This, was, this idea was a suggestion from either a contributor or a listener. I don't remember. And uh, in thinking it through, I thought, you know, there's a lot of things that we think are the highest priority, but there's something that is overriding every one of them. And if we can build the anticipation to get there, then everything else has that much more meaning. And that's really what we're trying to do here. We want to drive at this biggest picture Possible. We're not quite there yet. So let's kind of give our sum up priority lesson up to this point.
2: Life, self sacrifice, and love for all. These all bring us to some place specific.
1: Okay. Matthew chapter six was part of the Sermon on the Mount in which Jesus spent a lot of time teaching about our high priorities for life. Here's what he taught about the high priority prayer. Matthew 6, and this is part of the, 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 the Lord's Prayer. Everybody knows these verses. Matthew 6, verses 7 through 10.
2: And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
1: So praying for God's kingdom comes second only to honoring God himself. You know, that's a really interesting combination of things. And, and you know, Jonathan, before before the, the podcast, you and I were talking about this, how it seems like a lot— of denominations don't talk about the kingdom so
2: much no they really don't and we found in our research rick that there was at least 80 times in the new testament that the kingdom was being described 80 times so you think this has got to be pretty 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 big absolutely so
1: you know we've talked about life that's a big thing We talked about self-denial as a way to life. That's a big thing. We talked about selfless love as tying those two things together. That's a big thing. And now we're talking about the next big thing, the kingdom. So let's see how Jesus describes this kingdom. Not, not, Not its functionality, but describes its importance. And is this the top priority that everything else is leading to? See, I think the plot is beginning to thicken here myself. Matthew chapter 6, verses 26 to 28, and then we're just going to pause for a moment and then go to verses 32 to 34.
2: Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow, they do not toil nor do they spin so jesus is
1: saying look look at the way god created nature it goes about its business they don't they don't they don't worry you know you can't worry by worrying add a single hour to your life some translation says you know you can't add any any height to your stature you know i've always been touched by that because it means it's okay to be, <laughs> be short uh, <laughs> um But, you know, why are you worried about food? And why are you worried about clothing? God provides. God provides. So Jesus is saying, relax and and understand the power of God. And then we go to verses 32 through 34. He's telling us to sort of step back and observe. And he takes that stepping back, and now he gives us the lesson.
2: For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So in this verse, in verse 33, it
1: says, Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Aha!
2: It's a first. <laughs>
1: there we go. Yeah. I, this might be it. You know, and see, and, and this is big, Jonathan. This is big, because seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness, what does that mean? That means that everything we do in our lives needs to be done within the context of seeking after God's kingdom. Now, it's interesting, because when 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 Jesus talked about God's kingdom, we're going to go through a few more verses in a moment, but when he talked about God's kingdom, he said, you know, the kingdom of God is among you. Or, you know, and, and and he gives us a sense that not he, he tells us that the kingdom is kind of here and there and then it's coming in the future. Well, which is it? It's all of those things. They're different aspects of God's kingdom. This is really big. It's really big to have God's kingdom. And in my own life, Jonathan, this is one of those verses that help me settle down and say, okay, what am I supposed to do with my life? And the answer is, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And see, for me, what that means is whatever it is that I am doing, is it being righteous in the moment, and am I playing with my granddaughter or my grandson or whomever you know, in such a way that is glorifying to God? Am I doing my work at my office in such a way that it is glorifying to God? Am I having a conversation or, or having an expression on my face when I'm at the grocery store picking up a half a gallon of milk that can, can bring glory to God? You know, it's a matter of everything in life. Are we, are we showing, are walking in that direction? See, to me, the kingdom of God is such an important priority. This verse changed my life.
2: I know it's one of your favorites.
1: And, and it, it's one of my favorites because it changed the way I live, because it helped me to put everything in its own order. Love this next quote from Stephen Covey. It makes
2: exactly the point. The key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. And that's the point.
1: If the kingdom of God is your priority or one of your priorities— how is it scheduled into your life? and I, and I love the thought and the possibility that you get when you ask yourself that question. Let's go back to brendan.com dot um, and you know he was talking about uh, stop prioritizing easy uh, and then uh, the last segment he was talking about uh, you know prioritizing progress. and so now he's going to give us another another don't do this at home. let's listen.
3: say so second thing is stop prioritizing false emergencies. Just because someone put it on your plate today does not mean you need to reply to it today. Unless it again is your job in customer service to reply back within 24 hours. But that is not for everybody. We've fallen into this false collective belief that we all have to reply to the text on the second we receive it. That we got to return the call the second it came in. We don't. The more that you're doing what the world tells you or asks of you, frankly the sad thing is the more you lose your life. You lose yourself in it. You you become a pleaser or a placator. You become a person who is just so busy all the time. You're wiped out. You know what I'm talking about? You cannot prioritize other people's emergencies. And here's what you need to do. Learn to say no. But what is helpful to people is you living your truth. Is you serving your highest good in this world? Not everybody's speedy, needy request.
1: And you can tell I I edited some pieces of that to sort of crystallize it so we could get the point. But, you know, the idea of prioritizing what he calls false emergencies. Things happen in our lives that feel really, really big in that exact moment, but in the larger scheme of things are not such a big deal. And part of maturity is learning how to recognize those things. And it's rare that there is really a true emergency it's rare you know just a, a, an example that just comes so i don't know why this came to my mind but uh, you know in in uh, several years ago i was working in in my office and just an example of something that could have been a true emergency it didn't end up being but i'm sitting in my office and all of a sudden jonathan everything starts swaying back and forth and i'm looking at my office door and it's actually moving and I'm feeling nauseated and saying, what is going on? I mean, literally, things were moving, and the building is creaking. And I got up, and I got out of my seat, and everybody else walked out of the building. There, were, there was, a, there was a, a, an earthquake down in Virginia, and we were feeling this aftershock like 600 miles away. Whoa. And literally, things moved. That could have been an emergency. Okay, that's real. You know, things are moving around you. Yes, you need to respond to that right now. But see, for most of us, the things that we need to respond to are an email. I have this thing. I got this question. I need this answer right now. Well, yeah, maybe you do. Okay, relax. And, and so what we need to be able to look at when we seek first the kingdom is to be able to see through the fog of the tension of things so we can understand what's beneath them and calmly learn to deal with them. And that, my friend, is an important lesson that's hard to learn. I can tell you it's hard to learn because I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) So let's go to Matthew chapter
2: 10, verses 5 through 7. Again, back to the kingdom. Is this the top priority? These twelve Jesus sent out after instructing them, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter in the city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, preach
1: the kingdom. Again, the kingdom comes up again. Jesus says, pray for the kingdom right after honor God. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And now he's saying, preach the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven's at hand. So the kingdom is coming up in a lot of different ways. Matthew 13, 24.
2: Jesus presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. Okay, Jesus used stories to teach about God's kingdom.
1: Many of his parables started with, The kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of God is like. But it was a sense of, I'm telling you a story to illustrate the development of those who are going to follow me because they are the, the, the reconcilers within the kingdom. So he's telling us, to he's telling us, seek first the kingdom, preach the kingdom, use stories to teach the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. It's really, really, really important. What's our, what's our practical priority point here?
2: Our highest priority is never a cause of stress or anxiety. Rather, it is a source of joy. Okay,
1: stress and anxiety come from the pressing circumstances, choices, and thoughts that dominate our our present-day experiences, but the highest priority doesn't bring us stress. It's the circumstances, and being able to see through the circumstances to hold on to that highest priority.
2: So... Well, Rick, this... The question, here it is, was the kingdom of heaven Jesus' highest priority? Jonathan, it sure sounds like it. But no. No. no.
1: It's still it's a part not. of something bigger. Okay? But everything he did would lead us to its establishment. So, okay, let's get to it. How do we find? How do we find Jesus' highest priority? Let's look at the, all of the things we talked about so far and see what they have in common.
2: Go. Life everlasting for all. The law could not bring it to imperfect humanity. Jesus had to.
1: Okay. So life everlasting. The law couldn't do it. Jesus was the one who opened up
2: life. Self denial, sacrifice. The only way for Jesus to pay the ransom for all and the only way to heaven. Okay. So
1: self denial and sacrifice have to be a part of your highest priority if you're a Christian, because Jesus paid the ransom through that, and we're supposed to follow him.
2: Love for all, the highest example of a character in the image of God. Jesus showed it to us.
1: Okay, so love for all is a big, big, enormous thing, and again, Jesus showed us the way. What's next?
2: God's kingdom, the culmination of all these actions in which Jesus led the way.
1: And that's the point. Jesus led the way of all of these things. So here's the thing, Jonathan. Every one of these comes from, pay close attention, comes from loving, following, and accomplishing the will of the Almighty Creator. Come again? Loving, following, and accomplishing the will of the Almighty Creator that is where we begin to see the most important thing. And we're going to spend the next segment really, really working on and dealing with that. So we finally found the top of the mountain. Now we need to focus on what's there and what it means
2: to us. So it all comes down to doing God's and only God's will. Doesn't that Oversimplify a complex plan?
0: Every episode we cover a lot of ground. Part of gathering all the information and drawing conclusions is having a thorough conversation. Thanks to all our listeners for all your feedback every week. Rick and Jonathan want to hear more comments and questions. Talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com through all our social media channels and download our app by searching Christian Questions in your app store. Now, since we have puzzle pieces everywhere, let's put those pieces together.
4: So,
1: on the contrast to, uh, on the, the contrary rather, to oversimplifying a complex plan, on the contrary, the highest priority of loving and doing God's will is the highest mission and priority that any being on any plane of existence can have. Loving God's will and doing his will. The highest, the highest mission and priority anybody can have. Satan usurped God's will and he wreaked havoc. Adam chose to disobey God's will and Adam died. Jesus fulfilled God's will and saved countless billions. It comes down to the will of God. Everything else is beneath that. That I truly, with every fiber in me, believe is the highest priority for a Christian. The Old Testament clearly told us that he would come in the delight of his Father's will. Hebrews 10, verses
2: 5 through 7. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice an offering you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the scroll of the book it is written of me, to do your will, O oh God
1: so it, that is an Old Testament prophecy being quoted in Hebrews and it says, I have come to do what your will the whole point of everything is the will of God everything and every and one th- of our
2: one of our Facebook People actually brought this point out. I love it.
1: I know I had to smile and I thought, oh boy, (laughs) there you go. They (laughs) they gave us they gave the answer right at the beginning. (laughs) So, but here's the question we have to ask ourselves: Do we have such delight in doing God's will? Not in being nice, not in getting along with folks, but in actually doing of God's will. Have we ever lost ourselves? in doing God's will just gotten so absorbed by it that it sort of carries you it's a wonderful place to be so let's look at how Jesus became absorbed by God's will he enters the synagogue in Nazareth this is in Luke 4 and he announces what doing his father's will will entail Luke 4:17 to 19 and then verse 21
2: and the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he opened the book and found the place where it is written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord.
1: So you look at this and you see a lot of the things we've already talked about in this one prophecy. And um you know and then and then just read verse 21 because this is an important verse.
2: And he began to say to them Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So he's saying, I'm here. This is a job
1: description of the will of God. This is what I'm This is how me carrying out the will of God looks. This is what you will see, because this is what the will of God dictates. Because the will of God is designed to give all life and hope. And, and, Jonathan, that to me is just such a, a powerful thing. Jesus knew his mission, and he told the people how it would be accomplished. So, folks, do you know yours? And you know, Jonathan, for me personally, you know, and, and I've talked to you about this for, you're probably sick of hearing it by now, but for years. My, I worked really hard on this years and years and years ago, and my mission is two words. It is two simple words, but those words mean a lot of things to me. In those two words, my life mission is to honor God. And how do you honor God? Not by doing nice things. You honor God by obeying his will. And for me, when I am in a quandary, I hope my mind goes to the question, is this honoring God? Because whenever I ask myself that question, Jonathan, and, and to this day, I mean, this, this has been my mission for 20 years, but to this day, when I think about those two words, I, I get choked up inside because it helps me line up all of the pieces of life to say, is, am I following through on the most important thing as I go through this labyrinth of experiences and stresses and so forth?
2: But Rick, what if we have an improper understanding of a, what God's will is for us? You know, is our mission bogus? Because we're not in line with what he truly wants us to be. That's a really important question. And as a matter of
1: fact, I'm going to say this now, say it in a few more minutes, but next week, our subject is, do I seek God's protection or his permission? And that has a lot to do with the idea of sort of, let me design God's will for me. Ooh. and that's really what you're saying do are, are we getting involved in kind of the self-design of god's will for us because we know what would suit us very well and if that's the case how do we know and how do we get out of that so that we're that question deserves its whole a whole podcast all by itself so we'll do that next week all right so jonathan one more com soundbite from prioritize like a genius and he gives his third point here and it's about freedom
3: last one's much more positive you're like geez, brent i thought you were like the positivity guy and the motivation guy you know last one's a lot more easy and more palpable for you maybe or palatable i guess i would say and that is start prioritizing freedom start prioritizing your ability to gain more emotional freedom physical freedom social freedom, financial freedom, time freedom. I love looking at people's actual day agenda and I say, where in here is freedom? Where is your ability to do a 20-minute meditation because it's gonna make you feel alive and, and back and grounded, connected? You don't have anything where you prioritize your own psychology today. Where are you thinking about your strategic plan? Where are you thinking about the vision for your life? Where are you daydreaming and napping if you need to do that? Where are you prioritizing your physical energy? Because if you can have physical freedom from fatigue, you'll accomplish a whole lot more, even if your priorities are not always in whack.
1: And Jonathan, that touched on a lot of things you said earlier. It did. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and for me, part of my whole existence is the freedom to serve God, to try and obey his will every single day. And there's, there's such joy in, in, in doing that. And we can do that in odd places by having our, mind, having our mind in tune with that which is higher, while we do mundane things that don't require our mind's attention. So let's go to another example of Jesus and his mission, his top, top priority. After speaking to the woman at the well, everybody remembers the story, he verified where his soul's nourishment came from. John chapter 4, verses 31 to 34.
2: Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. My food, my nourishment
1: is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So, you know, we got to think about that, Jonathan, because it's the idea of accomplishing the will of God. That's right. What were Jesus'
2: last words? It is finished. Into thy hands I commend my spirit.
1: It is finished. What is finished? I have finished the accomplishment of your will, Father. And now I turn myself over to you because I did... What you sent me to do. If that doesn't describe the highest priority of all, I don't know what does. His final, final words. As a matter of fact, Jesus' first public words were when he was 12 years old. Wist ye not that I'd be about my father's business?
2: Oh, I like that,
1: Rick. And his final words... I finished what my father sent me to do.
2: Wow. That
1: That is the highest priority. And Trish is back, Jonathan. She must have something profound to say.
4: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, this is a comment that came in to um, um, to the email. It's actually from um, some of the CQ staff. Okay. <clears throat> they said that um, we think love for God is the high, highest priority priority because it causes us to seek his will so and this is a quote says jesus jesus love for god caused him to follow his will as the top priority we think love then following god's will we suggest we can only follow his will if we love him that's true So, so love for god is the top priority, which then causes us to follow his will and give us, you know, give us, give all to God.
1: Okay, so we got to, we got to, bet that didn't come in earlier. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, and, and look, it's, it's a point very, 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 very well taken. But here, here's the thing. It is when Jesus put the will of the Father, Above everything else and you know we can say it was love for the father that drove him to do that yeah sure absolutely I mean of course of we all course work together yes but the highest priority of his life I, I, I still maintain was the actual accomplishment of those things that needed to be done because a world happened to hang in the balance and not only a world hung in the balance but the the angelic creation also hung in the balance because there had been sin amongst many, 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 many of them. And Jesus was the one to right the ship and to be an example to them as well of what obedience to God—and you can say, well, love for God and obedience to God actually brings us. So it's such an important factor here. His highest priority was and is to unequivocally, at all times— in all circumstances, and no matter what the consequences or cost, wholly accomplish his Father's will. Every other profound aspect of his life that we talked about is simply a critical piece of that mission. It is the accomplishment of that will that that we're looking at. So what's our, our, our final personal priority point?
2: Even in our failures and shortcomings, our highest priority can shine. We are called to live by faith and grace by God. Who knows our heart? Are you being nourished today? So here's the thing. We
1: have failures and we have shortcomings, but our highest priority to do the will of God, to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, to actually do what is in our heart and mind. I mean, it's great to think it. It's great to feel it. But how do we live it? And when we fall, and we will fall, and if you didn't fall, just wait. It's coming. I promise. Uh, we understand that we live by faith and by grace. It's the throne of grace. Why? Because we need grace to be able to stand up again. Because we are so, so, so imperfect. God knows our heart. He knows that we love him. And we need to accomplish that which he sent us to do in order to be able to fulfill our vow of self-sacrifice to him. Am I being nourished today in doing the will of God? So, Jonathan, as, as we begin to, to wrap this up, you know, we, let's go back. Remember we started with the verses in Isaiah chapter 11? Yes. We, we read, uh, you know, up, up through verse, uh, I think, one through five or something. And So we're going to continue with the verses that we began with, and they show us the results of Jesus' work. This prophecy is a tiny glimpse of the will of God only able to be accomplished by the obedience of Jesus. Here's what the world looks like because Jesus did what he did.
2: And the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little boy will lead them. Also the cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the wean child will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea.
1: So that's the picture. The earth being full of the knowledge of the Lord. The world of humankind being obedient to his grace and his will and his way. And that's why Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The most important things, you know, when, when, as, we, as we wrap this whole thing up, I think we need to realize when Jesus taught us to pray, it was to honor God first. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then it was about the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then it was about how we treat others. So we have to understand, to honor God, that's the first item of business. To have the kingdom, which is a result of honoring God and the result of what Jesus did, these are the things that bring us to our highest priority in our lives. Let us take however you interpret it. Take the pieces put them together in your own life. Find that mission and walk thoroughly and clearly down that road of doing the top priority as Jesus did. For Jonathan Erik and Rick in Christian Questions, hope you enjoyed being with us as we talked about Jesus top priority. Think about it. Folks, listen, we do want to hear from you. Give us your feedback. Send us your questions on this episode and other episodes at christianquestions.com. Also, a big part of spreading the word about our program is subscribing to Christian Questions and iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcast channel is. Please rate us, review us. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. And as we mentioned before, coming up next week, we're going to be talking about, do I see God's protection or his permission? Talk to you then.